Hey everybody, welcome back to another thrilling and exciting episode of Way of the Fist podcast. I am Michael Hagen, your co-host, and as always, I am joined by our other wonderful co-host, Jonathan Seavey. Hey, what's going on, buddy? I just realized that we are currently on episode 21. We are on episode 21. Yeah, we never did anything like special for our 20th episode or anything <laughs> like that. So I know, yeah. I know. We had the, uh, well, I mean, we, we've both been extremely hectic and had some, yeah. some life stuff going on. I mean, we had the, uh, you know, Tuari Dawson from the Invisible Sensei and Josh Simmers from the Okinawa Credit Podcast on our, on our 10th episode, but somehow 10 more have just flown by, flown by. by. Yeah. And, uh, so we'll have to, we'll have Maybe to for 30. We'll do something something cool yeah exactly exactly actually actually uh i think what might be a good idea for our 30th is um having on a special guest that we were talking okay to at nationals oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, oh yeah okay maybe all right i I can uh i can reach out and see if we can we can set that up we got a little bit of time yeah yeah i think that might be a good good idea yeah yeah definitely i I like that idea yeah So so i guess um You've uh, you you've gotten some some feedback recently. Yeah, actually, so I wanted to say thank you. I've gotten several messages over the last few days. Um, you know, somebody, in fact, uh, I'm binge listening to your podcast. Was how the how the first, this this message started. So I I want to uh, uh, thank everybody that that sent me messages, and and I'm glad that everybody is enjoying the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a question here. Actually, today's episodes we're going to talk about a, a a very a very brief one, and then we're going to go into another one. But uh, kind of stemming from questions. Yeah. Um, some of them we had planned to talk about already, so it was very fortuitous. But so this is from. Uh, I'm just going to use the the Instagram profile name because that's what I have. So uh, from Tass Anna, um, it was kind of uh, asking for kind of our thoughts or distinction going back to our Kihon episode that we talked mm. about. Yeah. So you should I, always do Kihon. I think that's probably what the answer is, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, 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 just do Kihon. Just do Kihon. It's okay. Yeah. So, but the question is, I was wondering when talking about Kihon, I was wondering whether you make the distinction between Kihon, which are snippets of Kata, like the Hojo Undo sets in Matayoshi Kobodo, mm-hmm. Kihon as random sets of techniques practiced up and down as a mental exercise, and what I would call pre-kihon, the material taught to a beginner to familiarize them with some of the basic movements they need to master. Okay. So, um, yes and no. I mean, I I think in you, in my well, if are you okay. familiar with the hojondo sets that uh, he, they're referencing for Mateyoshi Kobudo? No, not exactly, but why don't you go ahead and describe them for our listeners? Well, so the first one is just kihon. Like it is just moving kihon, right? But the the second one is um, designed to propel you into kata, prepare you for doing kata, like um, maybe some difficult movements or difficult combinations of movements that if you're just trying to learn the kata without doing the set first, it can be, it can be really confusing, mm-hmm. but when you get like good and familiar with the hojo, like especially ni and uh, bo hojo san, um, 
learning the kata that accompanies those movements becomes much easier. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it, you can, and, and not of all of them are, it's not like a one step type movement. A lot of them are like two or three step movements. So it's, it, it's still just moving kihon up and down the floor though, but in a, in a combination. Okay. So, okay. Well, to go back to his, his, or the question, yeah. um, so would you consider those as well as your, uh, I guess you would say your traditional or your normal Ido Kihon moving basics up and down the floor, you know? For, for us in the dojo, when we're doing Kobudo, they sort of, um, once you learn your Kihon, mm-hmm. these kind of become the replacement for Kihon. So in my mind, like I still kind of categorize them as, as the, that kind of moving kihon, mm-hmm. doing like moving, you know, jodanuke with a bow is, I mean, come on, it, right. it's, it's not like a, it's not something that people like normally practice like all the time. Um, but if you're doing it in succession with other movements that make sense for the development of kata and understanding your kata, you know, it's still just kihon. It just has a different name. So, but would you? What about your karate kihon then? taking the Kobodo aspect out of it? Uh, I guess, re- rephrase the question for me, I guess, then. Okay. Um, do you, do, okay. Do, well, okay, maybe we'll do this. Do you, when you during, when you're doing Kihon in the dojo, uh-huh. do you do something similar uh, to where you will take parts of the kata out and, and drill those independently? Or do you stick to, well, we're going to move you know, just down block 10 times in Zenkutsudachi or Shikodachi. See, we never, we never do Kihon like that, actually. Um, okay. Our Kihon, well, one, you know my dojo is not very large. Right. And especially for my adult class, you know, we've got, you know, 20 plus adults sometimes in there in a, right. in a fairly small confined space. So moving up and down the floor in Zenkutsudachi is not going to yield the most amount of work. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our Kihon is actually stationary, but like taking one step forward, and one step back okay. or, um, you know, even in that one step forward, you know, now we're doing like Jodanuke, but now we're doing like Yaku Jodanuke. So we're okay. kind of getting each side. Um, so it's kind of stationary, but with that, like there's kind of a model that we use that kind of mimics the, um, like the Hojuondo they're talking about from Matayoshi, mm-hmm. but it's not a solo drill. It's a partner it's our Yakusoku Kumite set. Okay. Right. And that has their, that's kind of like the next step. We move from our Kihon into our Yakusoku Kumite. And then our Yakusoku Kumite sets are literally, you know, they're, they're snippets of that kata. Now, I could do those solo without a partner. Right. But right. if you know the kata, just practice the kata. Right. right. Or if you have a partner and you want that like impact, you want that resistance, you want the timing, you know, then you work your Yakusoku Kumite. Okay. All right. So I kind of, I would say it's kind of a combination of all of the above. Right, right. For me, uh, when, you know, when I'm, I, I've actually transitioned to the point to where I actually don't do, you know, again, based on space limitations, I don't necessarily do standing basics at all, or very rarely will I do standing basics other yeah. than uh, just my giddy practice. 
front kick. Um, we will always do uh, moving basics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, for the most part, I just kind of stick to very basic techniques. What yeah. I mean, you know, you know, Gerambarai, Yoguchi, you know, Jodanuchi, right? So, you know, the three, three, three levels of, of blocking, mm -hmm. um, you know, Nekoashitachi, uh, Shitoke, and uh, Oizuki and Gyakuzuki, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I treat them as, I guess, preparatory before we get, almost like a warm-up, right? It's like a continuation of the warm-up. Right. It's getting everybody back into we are at karate class now. We're doing so karate now. We're, yeah. we're doing karate now. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't necessarily have anything that is exactly comparable, I guess, to your um, yakusuku kumite, like, like designated yakusuku kumite sets, or necessarily like the uh, Matayoshi sets. Mm -hmm. But what I will do is when we get to learning new kata if there's uh something that's a different move mm -hmm. that we haven't seen yet in the kata uh that comes before mm -hmm. i will take that move out and we will drill that move before we even start talking about the kata so nobody necessarily knows that okay we're going to do a section of kata i will just mm -hmm. demonstrate okay i want to do like the 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 beginning move of pinan nidan right you've got yeah. the otoshi uchi otoshi uchi right mm -hmm. and so you've got your hands going in circular motions and that's very different for some people right when you're mm. first doing that um so we will do a drill where we're just standing in place we haven't even gotten to nekwashitachi yet and we're just moving the arms and i'll do a quick demonstration of you know Blocking, grabbing, striking, or, or, or hitting, striking, grabbing, striking, sure. and things like that. To get to do something that serves the purpose, I think, of mm -hmm. those Matayoshi drills. But so. But it's an isolation of, you know, an of, excerpt, of, right? Like an excerpt from the kata, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know that I would necessarily con consider that kihon in and of itself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But then. Right, because that's not a thing that you're going to continue doing once you've learned the kata, right? You're, you're just going to do the kata. Where with like Matayoshi, for instance, those Boho Jondo sets, you know, set one, two, and three, you're going to continue doing them even after you've learned kata. This is going to be something that you are probably going to do up and down the floor um, with your sensei calling count uh, at the beginning of class, just like you were discussing as sort of that continuation, kind of getting getting into that warm up. Um, which is kind of why I, I really do classify that like as that kihon, especially in Kobudo, kind of replaces just the, you know, Jodanuke or Gerabarai. So let me ask you a question here. Sure. Because uh, going back to Kobudo, I was I was out at the park last night, I believe, mm -hmm. and I was and I took my bow out and I was swinging my bow, and you know I did a few kata, but. When it comes to Kobudo, Mike, I mean, we have a variety of, of Kihon, that, and mm -hmm. sometimes I will do a variety of different things. Um, but one thing that we almost always do, or I find myself always doing, is uh, a, a uh, how would I describe it? 
so I guess a, a, a get on Uchi to a thrust to our Kesa Uchi, right? So a, yeah. a, a strike. So, but really uh, the reality is, is that is also very similar to, I mean, it's, it's in every Yamane de Yukata. Right. And, you know, I don't know if we talked about this in our, in our Kobodo section or, or episode, but when I look at the progression of our Yamane Diukata, the majority of them are just prep for Sakugawa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're just portions of Sakugawa. In fact, when we really break it down, when I look at it and you really analyze it, there are probably three or four sequences that are essentially replicated mm-hmm. through a variety of degrees, you know, in all of our kata that lead up to Sakugawa, which is just putting all of those pieces together right. from 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 the kihon or from the the, the 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 previous kata. So, you know, even that, like I will do that sequence over and over again. Predominantly because again going back to that, just do your kihon, because that's one that I feel that um, I'm not very proficient with yet. Like it just sure. doesn't so that's the the sequence. I will stand in place and I will swing and do keso uchi. But when I get into to moving, it's probably going to be that get on uchi strike or the block strike to the thrust to the keso uchi um, over and over again. That's what I will do as kind of part of my kobudo warm up, I guess. Yeah. If you wanted to call yeah. it that. Sure. You you do that like by yourself, but is that how you would? make your students do it if they were learning Yamane Ryu. Would would you would you call count and do that that sequence? Probably. Yeah. Probably because it's, it's kind of the same thing then. Yeah. Yeah, it it probably is. Probably because it's um again, it's in so much. In fact, uh now that I mentioned, I don't think that it's in Shirataru, mm-hmm. but every kata up to Shirataru, it has it in it. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah. So, kihon, very important. Just uh, keep doing it, whatever your kihon is. Yeah. Keep on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, quick, quick little distinction here too. You know, I think if anything is helping you. Um, advance your knowledge of your kata or helping you prepare you, you to, to do kata, um, that is kihon, right? Because that is, it, 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 everything right. is, kihon is the foundation of, of what you're doing. So anything that pretty much isn't kata really is kihon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, okay. Kihon discussion, good? Done. All right. So uh, I hope that answered your question. So yeah. now we're going to get into the the main topic of today and this came from a uh, message from uh, mr chris schumacher Mm -hmm. and actually sent it to us about a month ago now and it's just we haven't gotten to talk about it but it was actually something that we had discussed uh talking about anyways so this is this will be the main the main thrust of of today's conversation so again um mr schumacher thank you for the feedback and uh, enjoying the podcast. Okay. I am wondering if you have talked about longevity in karate slash martial arts, health as we age, and better practices. Things you have run into or seen in your years of training. A goal of mine 
is to uh, still be practicing in my 70s to 80s. And currently I'm relatively healthy with, a f or I'm currently relatively healthy with only a few injuries, but nothing that has truly held me up. So, um, yeah, I think this is a, a very relevant topic. Yeah. And uh, especially considering that, um, yeah, I would probably guess without looking at our analytics, I would guess that the, the majority of our, our listeners are probably on the more advanced age side. We'll say 30 plus. <laughs> 30 plus probably. Yeah, so. 30 plus probably. But do you want to take a stab? At, at this yeah let's uh, I'll, I'll give it a start um you know i think this is becoming more and more uh uh talked about not just in martial arts culture but like across the spectrum of all um athletics as well like mm -hmm. you, you you look at like bodybuilding people are discussing like form a lot more and power generation and things that we can do to you know preserve your joints longer it's not just about grip it and rip it anymore it's let's do better so we can do better longer right and the same thing is true for karate when we look at you know the early days of western karate you know a lot of sensei came back from you know their time in okinawa you know and a lot of them were there for not like huge amounts of time and there wasn't really discussions about you know um your your physiology it was just go harder just do mm -hmm. do more faster do more harder like just go right and coupled with uh like western pt as well without any kind of correction on forms you know i.e like push-ups and stuff like that so you see a lot of like elbows flaring out and people suffering from joint issues and you know i remember when i was still doing tong sudo when i was a kid and people would come up to me and be like, oh, you, you know, yeah, you can kick high now, but, you know, by the time you're in your 30s and 40s, you know, say goodbye to that, that's going to be gone. Right. You know, but th the truth of it is, is that the, the discussion really has evolved since then to now. And there is a much higher emphasis on longevity mm -hmm. um, for Westerners. Uh, as we look at our Okinawan and Japanese counterparts who are doing it well into their 70s and 80s. Now, are they getting down into, you know, Olympic level uh, shikodachi and stuff like that? No, they're not. But they're getting into what they can do. And they're still practicing daily. My sensei is in his 80s. And he is like, you know, I, I don't know if there's a day that goes by that he is not swinging a bow, swinging his sigh, you know, doing kata. Uh, you know, whatever. And he still trains and, and he's jumping off the floor. And uh, he's one of the only 80 plus year olds in Okinawa that can drive his car around without one of those, hey, I'm an elderly sticker on the back of his car. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so, but, you know, I look at him as an example like, wow, you know, he, he paid attention growing up. He's not he's not just some anomaly. He's an average Okinawan person, but he paid attention to directionality of his knees when he's in a Nekawashitachi or in a Shikodachi, right? He's not letting right. things collapse. And he's even corrected me on it. And I thought I was pretty good with it. And he's right. like, no, you got to pull, you know, you've got to squeeze your glute here a little bit more to pull your knee back. 
and get better alignment so you can keep doing this. So right. I think I think the um, the discussion overall is heading into a very positive uh, place for uh, exactly that longevity. Well, so can you uh, you want to describe how how your training has evolved? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really was exactly that. It was, okay. you know, when I started uh, in, in martial arts when I was like seven years old, it was literally go harder. And okay. if not, you get smacked with a shinai. Right. You know, that that was the era, you know, started karate in the early 90s in the bomb shelter of uh, high school up in New York. And that was what was going on in, you know, behind closed doors and moving into away from that system of karate into another system because uh, I moved away and you know the, it wasn't exactly the same but it was still like we've got to go harder we've got we got to go faster do more do more do more but not necessarily the discussion of you know if you are able to relax these muscles here and contract this muscle over here mm -hmm. and if we isolate our you know, our quadrants that came much later, you know, as I, I moved um, away from Korean karate into Japanese karate, that discussion started happening a little happening a little bit more frequently, Okay. Um, you know, knees over toes, you know, before I moved to Virginia, I never heard that. It was just get deeper, just get deeper right. in your stance, get deeper in that stance and hold it longer. Right. You, you know, um, right. And, but then when I started getting into Japanese karate, it, it the discussion became, you know, hey, we've got to, you can't let that knee fall to the inside. We've got to kind of rotate a little bit more outward, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and it should be a better alignment. And in the Japanese system that I was in before, um, the foot actually was rotated inward a little bit like this on a Zenkuzudachi right. rather than straightforward. And your knee right. would be kind of pointing more towards your pinky toe. Right. So you're really rotating out, right? Mm. Um, but to me, that was such a, that, that actually is almost going in like the wrong direction. It, right. it started, it started in a good way, but then I think it was like just over, overemphasized too over exaggerated. Much, you know? Yeah. Someone was t trying to take like principles of like Sanchin and applying right. it to like a Zenkutsudachi when the, the two are not same, same, not same, same, not same, same. Um, but then as I moved away from that system and into Okinawan karate and, um, my, uh, um, desire to continue doing more sport karate as well mm. as I was competing in okay uh, like kata and kumite I know I, I actually said I did kata and I did um, <laughs> but it's okay it, it's okay it, I still love you <laughs> uh, but it, it became uh, very important right because one if you're not moving correctly too it's noticeable when you're doing right. kata like at mm -hmm. a high level right oh, you yeah. can you can clearly see like it, it's a it's a huge standout if a, there's a col slight collapsing knee not even like a major but a slight collapsing knee you're like ah that's so noticeable against the the canvas of everybody else who's right. you know locked in so it became more important to have that um that understanding of better what's what's the word i'm looking for biomechanics yeah biomechanic awareness mm -hmm. yeah yeah what do you think well, I, I, I agree with pretty much everything you've said. Um, so it's very similar in the beginning. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I started in 
my first year of martial arts, I didn't start till I was out of high school. Yeah. Between my high school and uh, college summer, I believe is when I started. And uh, I was at a, a ITF Taekwondo school. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily say, again, it was like a regular, just like city dojo. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say, like, I wouldn't say we went hard all the time. Um, but uh, there was, I mean, it was very dynamic movement. Like we yeah. were, we were always doing a lot of dynamic uh, things. And I remember not that year, it was maybe my, my second summer. So I'd been on for a little bit. Um, I went to a camp and we did thousands of kicks. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. Same, same. Like when I was in Tong Sudo, exactly the right. same, you know, that's the like, Korean kind of methodology, right? right? Oh yeah. And I mean, you know, not just like, oh, we're going to do, you know, 200 Maigeti and call it a day. It was 200 Maigeti and 200, you know, sidekicks and 200 turning kicks and then 200, you know, and maybe 200 is is like, it could have been more, right? Yeah. And then we're going to do the other side, right? Right. So, um, but then when I went to Japan, I went to a university karate club. And so, you know, you were talking about that, you know, awareness and, and stuff like that. Well, that was non-existent. Right. It was exactly the go harder, go faster, go and, more. Just and this keep was going. in the like the later nineties, correct? Uh, early to mid nineties. Early yeah. to mid nineties. Sorry. Yeah. And yeah. so, the other thing with that was that I mean, and we did it, it. We did so. One thing I really did like was we did a lot of kihon. Right. I've said this before. We did every training session. We did standing basics. We would get in a circle, mm-hmm. um, and we would do standing basics for like 10 minutes yeah uh if not longer then we would get in lines and we would go up and down the floor moving basics and then we would do kumite drills and then we would you know have partners and we would go and but the thing with this being a university club the way ours was was we didn't necessarily have a sensei or coach that came on a regular basis to teach us it, right. everything the the seniors the, the 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 fourth years our senpai ran class every time and so there wasn't necessarily instruction right on how to do things better or more efficiently it was just do this you see what do, that person yeah. is doing do, do that exactly right, right. you know Get lower, right? You're trying to do gyakuzuki, get lower. Your back knee, when you're doing gyakuzuki at full extension, your back knee should almost be touching the floor, right? You should be trying to get as, as far, covering as much distance um, a, as you can. So that was my initiation or my, my fundamental introduction to, to karate. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you know, fast forward and that's kind of how, how it goes. And then when I was uh, doing team kata, um, there was a little bit of that, but not, not really, I mean, sorry, there was a little bit of, of discussion about how to move better, but not so much. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, I never really got introduced to how important I would say Body, biomechanics or body mechanics, uh, biomechanics are 
in karate until I met Oshiro Sensei. Yeah. And he would start talking about how to use muscles and how you're, how you're, you know, to, to move more efficiently. And that was really where the, the introduction came. Um, so one thing for me, I will say is over time, my, now I have to draw this distinction between my personal training and a little bit what we're doing in the dojo. Yeah. But my personal training has also changed as, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. Um, so I'm, I'll just say that I'm, let's say I'm, I'm closer to 50 than to 40 now. Mm. And, um, my, when I'm, when I'm training on my own, my, my training has changed significantly, right? There's, I will, I will say there's nothing that's, it, 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 I don't know, maybe not nothing, but you know, that, that go harder, go stronger, whatever is, is not in anything that, that, that I do. Right. It's not to, not to say that I'm going slow or, or whatnot. Um, but, the, not a, but but probably now you actually recognize the value in slowing things down oh, as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when yeah. we, when we talk about my training or training with my athletes, yeah, um, I am constantly telling them to slow down and yeah. look at what they're doing and and fix. You know, look at what your body is doing, and you want to go faster, but you have this inefficiency right here yeah. that you're jerking your shoulder up, or you're moving your hands, or your elbows. Yeah are flaring out and the, you keep trying to go faster, but you, you can't, you're not fixing what, this inefficiency and that's slowing you down. Right. But, um, in one thing I wanted to, when, when you, when you brought up it, it made me think of something that just happened recently. You know, you talk about, you talked about how, uh, not just in karate or martial arts, but in, in fitness in general, there's an awareness uh, of, yeah. of that. And, this past year, uh, or starting in January, actually, um, I've made a more conscious effort to include not a lot, but a few basic mobility uh, yeah. exercises and drills yeah. into my training. Um, I guess more of more of my physical training, but I'll do them as warm ups or, or or part of my karate training as well. You know, uh, uh, some of the things that you see. Um, uh, you know, like kick-throughs, um, yeah. shin box, hip exercises, yep. um, mountain climbers. And well, you not... know, like, you know, uh, not too long ago, um, Conor McGregor was doing mm -hmm. a lot of these kind of like mobility uh, yeah. training and things like that. Mm -hmm. And he kind of got ridiculed that saying he was playing touch butt in the park, you know, rather oh, than really? like training. But yeah. yeah, but but Conor McGregor was, you know... Uh, top of his game, one of the you know most celebrated and decorated MMA fighters uh, of this uh, well, this most recent era, um, yep. and you know, but that's that's the that's the nature of the evolution of the sport, right? You you know, and and then all of a sudden now a lot of karate people are you know doing these kind of things. Um, there's a a French guy who created a system called MoveNet. Have you ever heard? Mm -hmm. of I have not heard of that one. Yeah, uh, I, I got a brief introduction to it in um, 2017, actually, at uh, Jesse N. Camp's Karate Nerd Experience Seminar. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so interesting like idea, and it's, this is literally what it all is about, is getting back to 
like how you can move like right. naturally, like how the, how the human body is supposed to move naturally. Right. But because we, uh, you know, we put ourselves in a vehicle for many hours at a, in a day, or we're sitting at an office chair for many hours at a day, you know, the, our, our mobility decreases at an mm -hmm. exponential rate versus, you know, you know, when, when we weren't doing this to ourselves. So we, we kind of need to step back and incorporate mobility, you know, resistance bands, mountain climbers, like you said, swing throughs, kick throughs, uh, rollovers, all these things, you know, shoot, even jumping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so something that happened just recently, uh, before nationals, the weekend before nationals, we held, uh, a little training camp for yeah. our, our team apex athletes. Yes. And when I was doing the warm up, and I started to do uh, these mountain climbers and uh, like sit throughs and, and kick throughs, every single person had extreme difficulty doing them. Yeah. And you know, especially like like the sit throughs, to where you know you plant your hand, so you're basically balancing on, for example, your your right foot and your left hand, left hand and then you're, yep. you're kicking your, your foot through and your body needs to be up straight and you need to engage your core and you need to keep your butt and your foot off the floor in a straight line. And, you know, to do that, that's, you know, core and shoulders and back. Mm -hmm. And every single person had difficulty, yeah. including the, you know, 19 and 20 year olds. Right. And so my, my thought when this happened and I'm watching everybody mm -hmm. have extreme difficulty doing this is okay. You want to go to the gym and you want to get better and you want to get stronger and you want to do all of this. So what is the point of going to the gym and being able to deadlift, you know, however many pounds easy, you know, now. Two, easy two, now. Well, no, 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 <laughs> two, three, four, but you yeah. can't balance on one foot and one hand. Right. 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 Like yep. you, you, you can't balance your body on one hand and one foot and just hold your body off the ground a couple of inches and you don't have the core stability or the shoulder mobility to be able to do that, but you want to go and lift all these heavy weights and, mm -hmm. or, or do all of these things because you think that that's, what's going to make you better and give you all of that. And that's not to d diminish that. Right. I'm not saying that that's not important, but if you're not even able to balance on one foot and one hand, mm -hmm. maybe you need to step back from these other things and develop that so that you at least have the basic core stability and ability to move your body and then reintroduce so, those so other I'm gonna things. So I'm going to say this. Um, I 100% I agree with you, right? Also, if anybody's looking for uh, you know some really good examples of some of these movements or uh, like a karateka doing these movements, um, if you go to, I believe it's less talk, more karate, yep. uh, Instagram page, uh, Chad Egan yep. sensei, he does Chad these Egan, all yep. the time and he is, he's one of the best at doing them as well. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Egan sensei. Um, also though, exactly what you're talking about that like need for like the athlete to go to the gym sometimes athletes see the success of other athletes and they see mm -hmm. a snapshot of what that other athlete is doing, but they're not getting the complete picture. Right. Right. So, and, and again, we're going to shout out uh, Ariel Torres here because he does like Olympic lifting 
he mm-hmm. he's constantly you know doing you know the, these powerful movements but he also you know has a, a very intense kihon and kata training uh regimen he uses resistance right. bands and he like leaves his dojo leaves his like home gym and he goes and he does mobility work with a dedicated mobility coach like it's right. not like a the the weight training didn't make him a bronze medalist at the olympics his kata right. alone didn't make him a bronze medalist at the olympics the mobility training alone didn't make him that but like as a complete picture like everything that he's doing out there um you know he it's it, it all adds up to that success and he's probably going to be one who is doing it long term because he is setting right. himself up for success with you know these these kind of exercises right exactly yeah exactly so that's that's one thing that i've seen that has really helped me this past uh you know 6 months or so since i've i've been doing doing that um the other thing is kind of like what you also mentioned was uh the Wait, can emphasis I, can, I, can i add something real quick before you do that before you yeah. add something else sorry okay. I, I didn't mean to cut you off that's but, all right mid-sentence and all but that's <laughs> okay and all. but uh our, our listeners probably don't know this and it's definitely hard to tell because you know this is a, a audio uh, only kind of thing they don't see you regularly okay. but but hagen sensei has lost an entire human being in weight <laughs> <laughs> no, not even close. Only twenty pounds, a little There's, more than just over twenty pounds. But but a, a, a small human, a, a small very small human. human. Uh, I have a human. I own a human that doesn't weigh that much. So, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's true. I mean, you, you've done more than just you know adding these kinds of things. in. you, you you've taken a conscientious effort into um, your your dietary change, your mm-hmm. exercise regimen, your you know adding these mobility things in it's it's a complete picture right, right. there's like the discussion that the, the question that's being asked about doing karate long term is you have to look at an entire picture for long right. term we can't just say do this and it's going to fix everything right? right because yes we can say hey here's the alignment that you need to have for your knees to do good shikudachi but if you're you know eating trash food and you right. know you're 400 pounds. I'm sorry, your knees are going to get shot doing shikudachi even correctly. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, yeah, you, you know, so the, also in January, I, I I realized that I needed to to make, uh, a change, um, on the nutritional aspect. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the last month or so we've been traveling and, uh, we had some situations and it was just, like, okay, I'm not going to worry about it right now, but I really can't wait to get home and get back to it. Cause it's like, I just want some chicken and broccoli, right? <laughs> right? Like I just want some, some grilled chicken yeah. and broccoli and, and, and go, and go from there, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's made, uh, I mean, that has made an input. I wouldn't say that I was fat before, but I can no. definitely tell, you know, going from uh, 210 211 down to 190 or between 185 and 190 uh has yeah, made the shirt you're wearing looks like it's way too big for you man what size is that oh this is well this is a this actually is a large yeah look at you um, you're down to wearing my size t-shirts now <laughs> <laughs> medium almost well this one this is a this is an under armor large 
yeah. uh, loose. So yeah. this now could be a medium. But yeah, most of my regular shirts that I had in extra large um, feel super baggy. Yeah. So, but you know, ha- having said that, I can feel that in my karate, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 my movement feels twenty pounds lighter. Also, right. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, my knees still hurt, uh, but that's because I did. You know, I saw, I saw somebody post something on Instagram the other day, and the gentleman is probably even a year or two older than me, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was doing the the beginning of a kata and was in Nekwashachi. And I just was like, man, please stop. Please yeah. stop. Please stop. You are ruining your knees every yeah. time you do that. Like, yeah. um, but that's also, you know, like the, and it, this is to where, and I, and I, and I get into this, not really get into it, but I, I caution some of my athletes because, you know, I have athletes from all different styles Yep. and they will do things that, well, like we're supposed to do it this way. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to tell you, I don't do that style, but I will tell you that your body is not designed to function that way. Right. And so, you know, I'm not going to tell you to change it necessarily, but here is how you can accomplish the same thing without ruining your body and getting stuck in the, this is, you know, this is the way we do it, or this is what I was told by, you know, whatever. Right. Um, And, and that, that's a really frustrating thing to hear from an athlete because people can only teach from their own level of understanding as well. So what's being taught may not, even really be correct right right yeah you know because there was um you know we i I have somebody that i'm working with and and i will say athlete but she's not really an athlete in in the sense of trying to compete in elite and become on the national team and things like that but you know when we're talking and she's like well this is this is the way that that we were told that it's supposed to be and then i look at you know somebody from that same style, maybe a different or a different organization, but the overarching style and their stances are even then are much narrower, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. see this person's stance is nowhere near as, as wide. And they're mm-hmm. from the same organiz, you know, the same style, if you right. will. Right. Um, and so that gets, because it's exactly like you said, right? That person is trying to do what their primary instructor told them that it's supposed to be and that's yeah. what they have to show in the dojo for, for yeah. you know and, and all of that but i'm like okay but by doing that it's actually making it more difficult for you to move right and your 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 built-in inefficiencies because of what you're doing right right and then when you're you know you have if you have knee problems or this that or the other it's going to just exacerbate those exactly in the future um yeah. So, you know, my, you know, going back to the original thing, the original question, I guess, or the prompt, for me, you have to look at, you know, and I've gotten to the point to where I can sometimes, not always, I'll, I'll admit it, not always, 
But in many times I can separate the style out of it and I can say, okay, well, why are we doing this? What is the overarching, what is the reason that we are doing this? Mm -hmm. And is it because, well, this is the way we've always done it or is it because of the way we, you know, the, 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 the concept behind this is the most efficient way to do it, you know, according to somebody's idea or, you know, and I can look at, okay, well here they're doing it this way because of this, this, and this, or here they're doing this because of this, this, and this, and this. So, you know, well, I like what they're saying there because that seems to fit me better. And let me yeah. see how I can, is, 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 can I incorporate that in, in some instances, can I incorporate that without fundamentally altering the, what we're doing? Right. Right. You know? And it kind of goes back to, you know, to, to come back to, you know, our organization uh, thing. I remember somebody saying that a criticism that, that my sensei was getting was, well, those people, they're constantly changing the kata. Yeah. And I look at the kata and I'm like, well, it looks pretty much the same. Yeah. It's, the, it's not the kata hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The how we do the kata yeah. is now what's different. But the well, kata itself is the same. I was going to bring this up earlier, actually, because um, I was I was kind of talking about some of my past, uh, like instruction and things like that, in my earlier mm -hmm. years. You know, luckily, some of my earlier instructors, because I'm still friends with them, and you know, I, I have some some regular contact with them. Mm -hmm. You know, they've evolved with time as well, right? Yeah. And they've started to understand that it, it the the necessity the necessity of of you know correct movement is becoming right. more and more important and you, you right. can't just go hard go faster get deeper in your stances forever right so you know what if we were to take a video uh, of you know them doing a kata right now and a video of them doing it in 1988 right the same kata the, you you would think that they had changed their kata as well but they haven't right. they're doing it better right right yes yeah i I, I agree. And this is also going to tie into a future episode about, you know, sensei saying one thing to somebody. Yeah. And then 10 years later or 15 or 20 years later saying something different to a different student. And we get in, well, sensei taught me oh, this way. Oh man. Right. Wait, this yeah. is going to be a, that's that, that, that might be a, a hot topic uh, <laughs> discussion right there. Cause I, I've got I think some so. stuff. I've got some stuff for that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's because it's true, but we'll, yep. we'll save that for, for that episode that yeah. maybe we'll do that next. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so anyways, um, any other thoughts on uh, longevity, how your, how your training has evolved or changed? Yeah. You know, I, I think the, you sort of said it a little bit ago, but we didn't really like expound upon it, but you know, we have to get away from the mentality of, well, this is how we've always done it, right? Because times are changing. Our, like science is changing. Our understanding of the human body is changing. And not only is our understanding of the human body changing, the human body itself is still continuing to evolve, right? So what we can do now versus what we could do, we have to grow with it. We have to adapt with it. And, and as new information comes out, we need to take that and apply it. And if it doesn't work for you, then, hey, discard it, like Bruce Lee said, right? The, the right. OG sensei, 
and and keep on going with what works for you. But if you are looking to do this, like not as just a hobby, but long term, those are things you're going to have to look at because, you know, you at 60 is not the same as you at 40, which is not the right. same as you as 20. Right. Exactly. And so to tie in with that, again, what you just said about, you know, science and, and things like that. If we go back to, let's just say the birth of the modern Olympics, or let's just go back a hundred years, right? Sure. And we go to the night, the, the, the 1922 or whatever that time frame summer Olympics. And we, yeah. we talk about the hundred meters, the person who won the hundred meters a hundred years ago probably wouldn't even qualify to go to the Olympics today. Yeah. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to look it up real quick. Yeah. hundred meter dash. I just threw that out there, but I remember, I remember looking it up uh, like last year or something and trying to figure out the times, but you know, that person who won the gold medal a hundred years ago would uh, never, would not even be close to being on the, on the, the medal stand on the podium today. I mean, I've heard other podcasts when they talk about, you know, the four minute mile, that was, that was thought to be this unbreakable barrier forever until somebody went and did it. Yeah. So 1920, 100 meter dash, uh, 10.4 seconds. 10.4. Yeah. So I don't think 10.4 would even get you in the qualifying, I mean, would you wouldn't even make it to the finals with a 10.4? You know, yeah. Like, like what was, what, what was Usain Bolt's? 9.5. In, yeah. That, that was in 2009. 9.5. Yeah. So that, I don't that may or may not. That's fastest time. Yeah. Right. So you, you, you wouldn't even make the finals. Yeah. With 10.4. Right. So um, anyways, you know, keep growing. You know, you have to keep looking at it. Don't be beholden to, well, before I say that, one thing I talk about with my athletes is physical Mm self-awareness. To be able to to maintain that, and like you talked about, to go from your 20s to your 40s to your 60s and and, and even beyond, you have to know what your body's doing. Right. And you have to make adjustments and you can't be beholden to, well, our style says that, that the knee has to be at this angle and the back foot has to be turned at this. And then my knee has to be doing this. If that is going to preclude you from being able to continue to do karate through that whole progression of your life. Right. And if that is what you're being told, right. Maybe a good time to start shopping around for a new dojo. Right. You know, and because like even I I was talking with, you know, uh, one of my athletes, we did some training on Tuesday morning, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, uh, your neck wastachi is too high. And uh, throughout the cut, I'm like, it's not just this cut, it's it's all of them. And you really need to uh, get lower. Right. And then I caveated that with, hey, man, if we were just talking about, you know, dojo karate, mm-hmm. I would never even say this to you. It'd be fine. It would be, it'd be perfectly acceptable. Right. And, you know, I, I would never what even. you're trying to do, you're, you need to check the box. Right. Exactly. Right. And so yeah. that's also important. If, 
you need to be able to differentiate the why you are doing something yeah, the way I you're agree. doing it. I agree completely. You know, it's like, hey, you want to be elite? You're, you're going to go to, to Series A and, and, you know, trying to get to Premier League and, and this, that, and the other? Then, yeah, you need to look like this, and it needs to be about two inches lower. Yeah. If we were just talking style and dojo training, I wouldn't Perfectly even be bringing fine. this up. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, so that's what I've got. Yeah, well, I think that's it. I think that covers it, really. I mean, we yeah. said a lot there, so yeah. Yeah, so again... Was there, Mr. Was there a third part of... Nope, that was it. Okay. That was it. Okay. Yeah, so for, for, you know, again, thank you for the feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for the questions. We, we really enjoy it. I mean, this is not the first time that we've we've basically devoted episodes to, to answering a question that comes in. It actually because... makes our job easier because we don't have to think about what we're, like, <laughs> what, what topic we're going to do. It's like, hey, let's just answer these questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we were going to talk about, we had actually discussed um, something very similar to this when this message came in. So, yeah. I mean, because, you know, you've been working around, you've had some injuries that you've had to work around. I absolutely have. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we didn't really discuss that so much. Um, hey, guys, I've been injured. And if you yeah. want to hear about it, I think we've talked about it on previous podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Go back so, and listen to them. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you got any last words or you want me to close this out? Um, yeah, just keep on, uh, you know, hit us, hitting us up on our socials. You know, find us at Way of the Fist 2018 on Instagram. Um, you know, send us how... Let us know how your karate has changed since you began training. Let us know how you know how you foresee it changing going forward from where you are. And yeah, keep keep questions coming. Keep keep feedback coming. All right. So you heard it from Jonathan. Instagram is the best way to get hold of us. Um, you can also send me a message on on Facebook, but I prefer Instagram. Makes it easier for me. Yeah. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. I mean, if you've stuck around here, we're at, you know, almost an hour. If you stuck around again, thank you very much for your perseverance. And uh, keep training hard. And we'll see you next time. Absolutely. See you.